Just look at this studio filled with fabulous prizes. Ooh. All waiting to be won on Score North's... Pick your prize! Behind door number one is a $10,000 gift card to Chanhassen Dinner Theaters for shows, concerts, food, and beverage. Ooh. Door number two has $10,000 in home improvements for your kitchen, bathroom, windows, and more from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Ah. And behind door number three, LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lovanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens. And a fantastic vacation. No surprise zoinks. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. It's Mackey and Jeb with Rami, Score North, and the Score North app. And Thursdays mean we get to catch up with our friend Sage Rosenfels for some Sage football wisdom. Former Vikings quarterback and uh, longtime NFL journeyman quarterback, Sage uh I don't know if you saw this article from 538.com, but the headline and then all of the data within the article is very interesting. But the headline is, Kirk Cousins is putting together an under-the-radar elite season. And it goes through and explains how uh, at, uh, he's at or near the top of many important statistical categories. What are your thoughts on uh, the word elite season being attached to Kirk Cousins 2019? Well, I think that if you look at Really, since that Giants game, uh, and, and you erase those first four games, uh, you look at that from from the Giants game on. It has been exceptional, and his production has been very, very good. I, I think Stefanski has done a great job of you know, really understanding him and what he does best, and putting a game plan together where they can you know get the ball out, and so he's not holding on to the football. You, you got to think the offensive line and Rick Dennison have done a tremendous job as well, but. You know, we all sort of knew this, and we even knew this last year when he was putting up big numbers. When he has time, uh, he is an extremely productive quarterback, and his accuracy is phenomenal. Uh, you know, he put that ball uh, to B.C. Johnson in the back of the end zone exactly. I mean, you, you, we actually do a drill sometimes, and I remember uh, Kevin Rogers actually got a fishing net and put it up there because, you know, you, you want to throw it about 10 feet. Well, of course, coaches are going to stand up there, and they can't get to 10 feet. So he actually sort of throw it at the fishing net. That was exactly where you want to throw it. His accuracy is tremendous. And But the first four games of the year, in particular games two versus Green Bay and game four versus Chicago, were so bad um, and basically caused the Vikings to lose those two games by himself. That's where I think it sort of has you know kept it sort of cool throughout the year. Like, yeah, Cousins play really well, uh, but you know, there's still that bad Kirk Cousins in him. So I think that probably has kept him out of maybe some of that MVP conversation. That's pretty much at this point Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. But uh, the, the last two thirds of the season um, and going to the final three games, he has been spectacular. And uh, but the pieces around him have been very, very good as well. So uh, he, he is he has done a really, really nice job this season and, and definitely earned that twenty eight million dollars this season i believe much more than he did last season so sage 13 games in now how much can we look back on 2018 and say that kirk cousins 
was uh, directly impacted by what he was asked to do in that scheme, and that the advancement has been that talent-wise for Kirk, it's been there, but with what Gary and Kevin have asked, it just fits so well with what Kirk can do well, as opposed to a year ago when it seemed like Kirk and the offense was force-fed a system that wasn't necessarily a fit for them. Well, if you look at Jacksonville, they're struggling. I mean, they're not, they're not doing very well offensively, and to me, and, and the quarterbacks aren't doing very well uh, in in that system over there, and that's where the, the former Vikings coordinator went, right? So I, I like to follow the coordinators around and go, okay, how they do with this quarterback, how they do here, because before that, he was, a, you know, he was really a quarterback's coach with uh, with Philadelphia uh, and they and so he got the sort of the rewards of the team and the head coach and Frank Reich who we I think we all recognize is a pretty good offensive football coach over there in Indy he got to reap those rewards too became a coordinator and and was it and and had a system that I'm sure is probably fine for some quarterbacks you know the the system for Pat Mahomes is not the same system that that maximizes Kirk Cousins like they're very, very different, and the longer the ball's in Pat Mahomes' hand, the more good things are going to happen. The longer the ball's in Kirk Cousins' hand, the more bad things are going to happen. In particular, in the pocket, right? So uh, this is the perfect system for him, and you know, really one of the one of the best hires I think uh, in Mike Zimmer's era of all the coaches that he's hired over. You know, guys come and go sometimes, but you know, Gary Kubiak being added uh, to this offensive staff and Rick Dennison being added as well as the offensive line coach was the perfect, perfect fit for Kirk Cousins because that's where he had his initial success in Washington in that Shanahan system. And I and I believe me, Kevin Stefanski was the happiest person for Gary to come on board because when he got that job and when he, when he was the, the, the quarterback's coach, he would talk about if he was ever coordinator, uh, of course, to paint on the quarterback, but if he's ever coordinator, he imagined his system being very similar to the Gary Kubiak, Kyle Shanahan system. Uh, so to actually have a coach come in with the offensive line coach who has all those details from the past, man, that was a, a great move for the Vikings and, and Kirk Cousins, the quarterback, and I would say the offensive line too. Uh, this is offensive line that we all just sort of you know berated over the last couple of years, and man, you know they're one of the best running offensive lines in the league, and obviously the big plays in the passing game off the play action stuff. They have vastly improved this season, but coaching has such an important impact uh, on the quarterback, and and I think the Vikings have some really good offensive coaches on the staff. The other thing that's different from 2018, Sage, is Dalvin Cook is healthy and running and very, very productive. How much does it take off a quarterback's shoulders when you have that type of running back standing behind you and defense is worrying about him? Oh, it's huge. I mean, you remember Matt Schaub in, in Houston? All right, well, Matt Schaub in Houston at one point led the NFL in passing yards and went to the Pro Bowl, won a Pro Bowl MVP. I backed him up uh, for a couple seasons. Well, you know, when Kubiak had that running game going there, Arian Foster, uh, you know, that offense was dynamic, one of the best offenses in the NFL. And Arian Foster is not Dalvin Cook, right? So I always sort of thought to myself, man, if you get the right running back in this system, like I don't know how Adrian Peterson would be in this system because he's an undisciplined runner. But man, he was so good. Good back in the day. I, I wonder how many yards he would run for in this style of offense. So uh, I thought if Dalvin Cook stayed healthy and this offensive line could progress, he would. He could possibly have a monster season. And sure enough, he has. I don't know what his exact stats are, but I imagine he's on pace for over two thousand total yards, uh, and that's a ton of uh, you know production, you know, from a running back position. That you know, it's amazing how the NFL goes. We talk about uh, you know the the running backs uh, not as important anymore. 
You know, we've been talking, people have been saying that for years on certain teams. Ah, you have a running back, you get another guy in there. Uh, you got a couple running backs, they sort of share time. They both make a couple million dollars. No one's uh, an elite guy. It's more about the system. This guy is an elite guy. And his speed uh, to turn runs that other running backs would have may have gotten two or three and to get around the, the corner, then outrun the pursuit to turn into a 15-yard run, uh, it is elite. And then his power, that's what's really surprising to me. I, I knew he was fast, but I really didn't realize how powerful he was and how he finishes off these runs and when uh you know when there's a couple defenders there he tries to run through them and not just sort of dive down like a smaller back usually the faster backs do so uh, he's been extremely impressive and the vikings are gonna have to make some sort of decision on him in the offseason uh because you'd like to have him on this football team uh for the i don't know the next four to six years i would think uh but that of course the health is the number one concern Sage football wisdom here, Mackie and Judd with Rami. And remember, whenever you hear us blabbing, you're in the middle of 25 straight minutes of Mackie and Judd with Rami. Which I mean, that's too much for you. Maybe that's too much for you. But you're nah, you're gonna find out much. here, I guess. Especially not with Sage in the fold. No, he, never uh, too much. Elevates the. Did IQ you say of blabbing? I would never blab. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I think the biggest question here. I, I, I think we probably all agree that if the Vikings want the best path to go deep in the playoffs and play in the Super Bowl. Winning the division to set yourself up to play a home playoff game where you're you're undefeated this season, like that's the best path. But they need help. They need to run the table, and they need the Packers to lose to the Bears this weekend. Do you think the Bears are capable of beating the Packers this weekend, Sage Rosenfels? Yeah, I do. I, I again, I, I watch. Uh, you know, I do a radio show on Tuesdays in Chicago, so I'm forced to watch this offense. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, Rami, uh, Rami chooses to watch this offense. Can we talk more yeah, about yeah. the Bears' get, offensive problems? Just for I, mean, I do paid, feel an I'm, obligation. I'm not going to lie. I feel an obligation to watch. Believe that me, I, like on, on my Tuesday mornings, I was like, you know, I could rewatch that 49ers uh, Saints game from la- from the other day. That was just a shootout that I didn't have a chance to see. But now I want to watch this Bears offense, Be right? Great. So, uh, but it has been clicking. Uh, I tell you what, they've they've they finally changed a few things. They're doing a little bit of play action. They're doing a little bootleg, getting that quarterback out of the pocket. Uh, I'm not a big fan of their offense. Obviously, they spread it out, but you know that defense. They got a couple game records over there, as you guys know. They got some good secondary players and 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 some good linebackers. And obviously, Khalil Mack is is so good uh, as a defensive end. So they, you know, it's 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 the NFL. That the Bears are not a bad football team. I mean, they're a year removed from. Uh, you know, what is it? Win twelve games last year, and they're seven and six. So uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a dogfight. I think the Bears are going to be a really, really hard uh, win for both the Vikings and the Packers uh, down this home stretch. And and uh, you know that obviously that the the, the I, we don't want to look past this week, but that Vikings Packers game in a couple of weeks, man, that's going to be that's going to be something else if the Vikings win on Sunday. Sage, you've been talking all season about the Bears not doing what they should be doing to fit the system to Mitchell Trubisky. It took them 13 weeks to figure that out. This week we saw Mike Zimmer try something different with the cornerback rotation. Not as many snaps or reps as Xavier Rhodes. I look at that as a simpleton when it comes to football. Just a layman, just a guy who sits on my couch on Sundays and watches and then comes in these studios and talks about it. And I go, how does it take you 13 or 14 weeks to try these things or make these adjustments? You, you've been in it, obviously. How does it take so long for coaches to see these things that we talk about and just try something different that might be more successful? 
Well, from what I hear out of Chicago is, you know, Matt Nagy was hired uh, from Kansas City, and he came there. And, of course, you know, in Kansas City, you know who calls the plays and runs the show there. It's Andy Reid. So, you know, the coordinators never seem to do as well when they go other places. Uh, though I, I, I should say that, you know, the Philadelphia head coach, obviously, Doug Peterson, I think he, he coached for him. But, uh, you know, I think Matt Nagy was hired to have because he had this different system. He had this a little bit more collegiate, the RPO, the this, that, and the other, the shotgun, the jet sweeps, the, you know, all this stuff, these sort of fancy plays. And he was hired. That was as one of his main selling points, that he was sort of the future of the NFL, coaches like him. He was a step ahead of everybody else, and it was going to be hard for defense to cover all these small, quick guys. And then when that stuff wasn't working this year, and, and it was working fine last year, but the defense was the reason, in my opinion, they won those 12 football games. Their defense was spectacular last year. Well, you know, this year, uh, the offense isn't get as many, is not getting as, as many short fields and more as many opportunities. The defense isn't as dominant. And so now, like, what type of offense is this? And, and it's not productive. And he has a quarterback who he's, he's asking to be, as I like to describe him, he's asking him to be like the Steve Nash point guard. You know, different types of point guards out there in, in basketball. You have ones that are more distributors and they take, they're fair shots a game, but they're not. The offense doesn't completely run through them. In the Bears' offense, it completely runs through uh, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, which would be, again, like a, sort of like a Steve Nash. Well, like, he's not a, a strength. I mean, he's just not a great quarterback. And so well, what you do is you actually make him a part of the offense, not the offense. I know it's sort of crazy to say as a quarterback, uh, you know, because he's the most important player, you know, on he touches the ball every play and those types of things. But you can get around uh, with not having a great quarterback and still having a solid offense and a, a, an offense that wins football games. And I think they what they do is they just ask their quarterback to do way too much. It's also extremely hard on the offensive line. I mean, the offensive line's not that good anyway, but – Imagine if the Vikings had to drop back uh, and, and shotgun every single play. The, you know, the offensive line would, would get destroyed. Like it's, last year, you mean? Like last year, you know, and next thing you know, you're in second 17. Uh, you know, second 17s are so much fun to come back, you know, try to overcome that. I mean, in the NFL, it's like a miracle. Third and, you guys know, like third and 13-plus NFL teams have like a 9% chance of getting a first down or something like that. It's very low the further you go down the line. And so uh, sacks really can kill drives, and they can kill halves and quarters. And, and you know, obviously those numbers are, are way down for the Vikings, you know, this season. And, but with, you know, in Chicago, they uh, the, that offensive line is constantly dropping back. And the defense knows exactly where they're going to be. And they don't do any play action. They don't do anything to keep the defense honest and keep them on their toes. They are lining up with their hand in the dirt going, all right, let's go after Mitch Trubisky. And, uh, and it's, you know, it's, it, there, it, nothing really keeps you off guard. And, again, there's no play action. There's no bootlegs. And there's no chance for the, for the offensive lineman to come off the ball yet still be a pass play. So I, I'm not a big fan of this offense. It might work well in college, but the NFL is, is just a different game. Should the Chargers scare the Vikings on Sunday? And if so, how much should they scare them? Oh, 100%. Yeah, this Chargers football team is not a bad football team. I mean, you want, you want to know a great stat? First downs. All right, first downs. Chargers have 286 on the year. Their opponents have 232. Wow. They've got 54 uh, more first downs on the season than their opponents. They are doing a lot of good things offensively and defensively. Uh, you know, they're one of the best teams in the league in pass defense. Uh, they are fourth in the league. Uh, in an offense, they're fifth in the league in pass, in pass offense, right? So they are a passing football team. They're not a great against the run, though, and their biggest issue, turnover ratio.
their minus 10 in turnover ratio. So the fact that they're even 5-8 and eight with a minus 10 turnover ratio uh, is almost surprising. So, yeah, they're, they're a quality ball club, and, and uh, you know, Rivers is one of those quarterbacks that uh, you know, he can throw three, four touchdown passes, and, but he also can give it away a couple times in the game too. So, uh, yeah, this, uh, this is not an easy football game, despite the fact this is not going to be the Detroit Lions of last week, that's for sure. Yeah, and I, I think – it's almost it, it feels better as you're looking to gauge what the Vikings are capable of that the Chargers looked so good last week because now it feels like an actual road game test compared to maybe a couple weeks ago when the Chargers were just a disaster but um when it comes to the Vikings on the road say Josenfels when you look at New Orleans, San Francisco, uh Green Bay, Seattle the, the teams that they might have to go play road playoff games against if if they make it there uh, which ones? Which ones are the most gettable, and which ones are the ones that you should just absolutely stay away from at all costs? If if you, I mean, not that you get to pick, but which are the most dangerous? Which are the most gettable road games? I don't think you want to play at the Saints. I don't think you want to play in Seattle. Those places are terrible to play. Um, you know, if the Vikings have to, you know, the Niners. But do you have experience you know, playing in New Orleans and being on a team that went to New Orleans? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Ten years ago, there's so many guys left on the team yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that went through that experience. Uh, I, I think that game almost ended like half our team's career. Like we were just, we were, not, we're not the same people anymore. It was that a bounty changed our, that game changed our DNA. So yeah. we we're no longer as good of football players after that. <laughs> it, it, it ended Heath Farwell's life. I mean, as I yeah, said, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think you want to go to the Cowboys, right? I mean, one, the Vikings have already won there, and that team's in tons, tons of turmoil. Uh, so, you, if you, you know, of all the teams, I mean, the NFC East is such a joke this year, the Cowboys in the lead of six and seven. So, you know, it's, uh, th- that'd be a place that, you know, you, you'd want, you want to go play. So, uh, I don't know. I, I definitely don't, you don't want to go to Seattle, and, and you definitely don't want to go to the Saints, in my opinion. Those, those, one, they've got great quarterbacks, and two, obviously, they've got great home field advantages. So, um, the, 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 the reason I, I think the 49ers are a spectacular team. Of course, I have a, um, a sort of little love for the Kyle Shanahan, that offense, because that's sort of my old offense or whatever. But um, Jimmy Garoppolo is one of those guys I think under pressure will throw the ball to the other team and is, can be the weak link to that football team. Uh, and, and the Vikings made him look like a sort of fool last year. I think he threw, what, three, four interceptions uh, in the home opener last year. So I think that's a place. Um, you know, playing in Green Bay, I don't really like going to Green Bay either. So I, I would go I would go 49ers and Cowboys ahead of Green Bay Saints um, and the uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Sage, I think if you get Garoppolo here, he very well could come apart. There, I don't know. If, if yeah. you play him there. Now, now, the only weird thing with that team, and, and I didn't see the game on Sunday against the Saints, the only weird thing is how that defense came so undone. Because that's been seemingly up to that game, Sage, the one consistent but I do think if you get Garoppolo uh, in, in U.S. Bank Stadium, it's a different story. Out there, I'm not sure that he doesn't play a good game. Yeah, that, that's I, I can understand that. And I'm sure both defenses have been uh, pretty good this year. And I was sort of surprised. Uh, obviously, the 49ers, Robert Sala, their defensive coordinator, he was, a, I think, a quality control when I was in Houston, uh, you know, back in those days. So to see him, he, he's going to get some head coach looks this year as well, but he had to see their defense not play as well. You know, that was very, very surprising. So uh, that's a good football team. And, and uh, you know, that I'm, what's interesting is, again, you know, going back to those Houston times and, and knowing Breeze over the years, he and I drafted the same year uh, when I'd see him in the offseason, we would talk about how it seemed like uh, they were always watching our film and we were always watching their film. Sean Payton and Kyle Shanahan for years, 
characters have been stealing each other's stuff. I think their minds must think it's very, very similar uh, in those types of things, and, and their quarterbacks have almost always been very productive in their offenses. When people talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, I feel like it's it's much the same conversation that we have with Kirk Cousins. There is no middle ground. He's either great or he's just like an okay game manager who can do things when there are weapons around him. But this is a guy who, depending on what you believe, Bill Belichick was ready to move on from Tom Brady and, and plug this guy in as his starting quarterback. Do, do you see something special in Jimmy Garoppolo that, that obviously Bill Belichick and other people around the league do, or are you on the opposite side of that spectrum that he's just kind of an okay quarterback and maybe even the weak, weak link for that football team? Um, I don't think he's an okay quarterback. I think he does some of the things phenomenal. He's got a quick release. Uh, he's usually very accurate. Uh, he'll miss some throws occasionally, but uh, he puts a lot of balls on the money, and he's got an extremely quick release he's a very good athlete but that his issue is sometimes he's a little over overly aggressive and uh you know doesn't take care of the football he'll do a sack fumble or occasionally throw the ball to the other football team but uh that's where his specialty is is the ability to sort of buy time a little bit in the pocket he obviously watched brady over all those years and and saw brady's accuracy and saw you know what level you have to be at to be a great quarterback and so i i think he's got a bright future he's a very good athlete Good, good thrower. Uh, just has to figure out a way to, you know, have less turnovers. But I, you know, I think uh, I, I know another thing is I'm not trying to say he's not smart, but I don't think he's a genius. I think that can be a, a little bit of a challenge too because that offense is extremely wordy. You have to have a really smart quarterback, really smart quarterback to do that. And I think occasionally he can get bogged down with almost too much information uh, by the way his mind works. But Sage, the looks, come on. You don't have to be smart when man. you're that handsome. He's okay? good-looking dude. You know, Sexy Usually dude. the best-looking people are not the smartest. That's just sort of the way it goes. <laughs> yeah. you know, the well, that's a theory I've had, too. Life. You just yeah. don't need to be. Like, yeah, I... That's why I'm thrilled that I'm ugly. I, mean, it's, it's, you know, it's like I have to have something. It's I, time I to, to I, stereotype I, on score nor. <laughs> I've gone through my life needing to have something other than my looks to impress people. I feel like that's why I'm, I'm kind of funny. Good-looking dudes, they don't need they don't need that in their arsenal, Sage. I no, think no, you don't, have to, be, you don't right. have to be smart. You have to be entertaining because people are always looking exactly. at you. That's, right. that's the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo uh, is probably the best-looking quarterback in the history of, of the NFL. It's quite possible. I, I, think that, I feel like this is an off-season conversation, but we can get into it on the Thursday. Namath and Namath's prime back then, incredibly good-looking guy for that time. Yeah, That's true. Boy. Got any other ones? You guys, you guys got to do a top five, top five real quick? I mean, you got to put Brady in there, right? You guys want to do top five current handsome <laughs> NFL quarterbacks? I mean, can you I throw Kirk, one. Do I throw Kirk Cousins in the mix? No. Brady, too? Do you think Kirk Cousins is a good-looking guy? No, Although Brady, just like on the football field, he cheats. He has hair plugs. I'm convinced there is some plastic surgery going on there. I don't think that's all natural. Listen, man, I mean, I don't putt from that side of the green, but if I did, I'd be a Dak Prescott guy. <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's, I can see that. that I can see that. Guy. I can see get that. that jawline for sure. Get the yeah. jawline, yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. Well, but what about Ryan Tannehill? Well, those stats now. I mean, no, you got to get a blonde in there. I mean, come on, you if you're into heights, do you? If, if you're, if you're, if you're, he's into, got that yeah. strong jawline. That's true. Yeah, that's sure. true. Yeah. I don't know where we go from here, guys. I really don't. <laughs> this is uh, wildly uncomfortable. Yeah. Jimmy G's a good looking guy, okay? He really yeah. is. That yeah. Thanks for taking so, us down this road. Well, let guys. me ask you this. You bring up Tom Brady. So aside from Tom Brady's dashing looks, uh, is is it is it that t- so Tom Brady is putting up some of the worst <laughs> numbers? <laughs> here it is. Tom Brady's putting up some of the worst number of, uh, of his career. Is it that Tom Brady is cooked and old or that he has nobody to throw to anymore? 
I, you, but listen, remember at the beginning of the season, we're all like, all right, you know, Antonio Brown's going to get cut, and then uh, he's going to end up at the Patriots, of course, and sure enough, that happened, and they had uh, Josh Gordon, who everyone's like, Josh Gordon's back, and of course, they got Edelman, and everyone thought this is going to be just ridiculous. It's going to be like the the, uh, the the New England Patriots of, what is it, 2007? I think it was 2007 season when the Giants ended up winning it, when their offense yep. was just stupid with Moss, and obviously, it's all sort of falling apart, and, and you know, the, the offensive line has always been sort of a, a patchwork line in New England, and they've sort of gotten away with it and with, with great coaching. I think Dante Scarnecchia is one of the best, uh, probably the best offensive line coach in the history of the NFL uh, up there. And uh, But they don't have those playmakers. And Tom's, again, Tom's a guy who is, he's not a guy who really buys time all that much. He, he used to more back in the day, and but more buy time within the pocket. And, and uh, when his offensive line's bad, he's not as good. And when he w- lost those two Super Bowls to the Giants, it's because his offensive line line got uh, dominated by a superior defensive line uh, of those New York football giants. What do you make of this latest cheating scandal involving Brady and the Patriots? Well, it sounds like it sounds like uh, the the video was literally like eight or so straight or maybe a whole half or something. They said it was eight, eight, eight consecutive minutes looking at the uh, Bengals side. And by the way, if that is content for Patriots.com, it would mirror just how entertaining their press conferences are too, right? Their content on their website is just like raw footage of the Bengals (laughs) sideline. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I mean, you know, you fool me once, shame on you. Fool me like six times now, you know, it's like. Uh, and, and, you know, there's not going to be any emails. I promise there's not going to be any text messages. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, they have learned all the tricks of the trade by the sort of the tomfoolery of their past. And so, you know, I, I, it, it, it's, anything that smells bad uh, with, the, uh, with the New England Patriots, you have to, have to obviously just assume at this point it, it's rotten. And uh, it almost it sounds so crazy. It's probably true. That's yeah. the way I look at it. So, all right, last thing for you here, just to to wrap on a Vikings note. What is uh, when we're done here with the regular season? What's what is the Sage Rosenfels likely uh, scenario? Or do they run the table here to finish twelve and four? Do you think they wind up winning the division? Uh, what what do you think these next three games are going to lead to? Well, I like to hope so, but I, you know, you're just having your gut, like, you know, they'll probably get in the playoffs, uh, uh, maybe not win the division. And, you know, then I, I like them winning a game in the playoffs. But then after that, I guess we'll have to see. I mean, they're, they're, they're playing hot. I, you like to say, it's, it, is, it is nice that they're not right now, there's three games left, but they're not stumbling into the playoffs. It, you know, there's nothing worse than having like a 9 0 football team that loses four out of its last seven games and, and, and just sort of gets into the playoffs. You know this team is is knows it has to play good football. They know they have to have their foot on the pedal. Uh, they know they have to play really good each and every week. I think they learned a heck of a lesson uh, versus the Denver Broncos when they didn't play very well in the first half. But they also learned that hey, we we have the firepower to come back, which is why you know Kirk Cousins is on this football team. And so yeah, I, I like the I like the way this football team's sitting right now. And and I think it's okay that we're only a game back. Of course, you'd like to have uh, a bye, which they're definitely not going to have. I, I could not imagine. And you'd like to have a a home game. Uh, in that wild card, but if those don't happen, uh, you know, not all is lost. It's a harder road, uh, but again, I, I know the Steelers, and I think the Giants both times snuck into the playoffs and, and won Super Bowls from that sixth seed, and so uh, I can see the Vikings doing that. They have a style that I would hate to play against in the playoffs. Teams that run the football well and have playmakers on the outside, and shoot, if they get Adam Thielen back, uh, you know, this could be a really, really tough team to beat uh, come uh, January. That is our football-loving and quarterback-loving friend Sage Rosenfeld, Sage Football Wisdom, every single Thursday 
at 4.30 on this show. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. And you can find Sage on Purple Daily, Mondays at 2 o'clock and Wednesdays at 2 o'clock. All right, Sage, good catching up. All right, guys, have Football. a great weekend. Omaha. See you, Sage. See buddy. And we'll come back. Let's dive a little bit deeper into the season of Kirk Cousins and uh, just how good it's been to this point so far. And we have some audio that we're going to play in this next segment that at least had Rami and I rolling around laughing when we heard it earlier today. <laughs> so weird. So we'll do all of that. Mackie and Jub with Rami, Score North and the Score North app in the TCL studios. Well, what's on the TCL TV right now? A commercial, I guess. But we've been watching a recap of the uh, winter meetings, the baseball winter meetings in which the Twins did not land a starting pitcher of any caliber. It uh, doesn't mean that they can't sometime next week, but we'll see what happens. But we love watching sports on these TCL TVs. We love all the entertainment options, so you get 5,000-plus streaming channels with that built-in Roku device. Uh, it's just the most connected TV you're going to find. If you're a cord cutter, look no further than a TCL TV to just set you up with all the right streaming platforms. And uh, TCL is also giving you guys a chance to see the Timberwolves. I know they're not playing very well right now, so here's what might actually uh, make it a little bit more appealing with a team that's struggling. Go watch the game in a TCL theater box. The best and most dramatic views of the arena VIP experiences unlike any other. Five-star cuisine, a lounge area, oversized chairs. It's just a great spot to watch a game. Wolves, Cavs, December 28th. Go to scorenorth.com, enter the keyword TCL for your chance to win. Back with some Kirk Cousins discussion next. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.